Hello, I'm Erin Del Conte, Executive Editor with C-Store Decisions Magazine, and you're listening to C-Store Talks, where we talk everything convenience. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hunt Brothers Pizza represents a legacy of pizza in the convenience store industry. We are able to offer the best pizza value in town at over 7,800 locations across 30 states, ensuring you're never far from one of our store partners, whether at home or on the road. For the third consecutive year, C-Store Decisions has partnered with Rival IQ for our social media awards. I'm here with Seth Bridges. He's the founder of Rival IQ. Seth, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Aaron. Happy to be here again. So to start, tell us a little bit about Rival IQ. So we're a social media analytics software company located in Seattle, Washington, and we help brands measure their social media engagement and benchmark their performance against their competition and their broader industry. And, you know, I'll add in the last year, we were acquired by NetBase Quid, who's a global leader in consumer and marketing intelligence as well. And uh, with, a, with a bit of social listening thrown in there. And, you know, we've had a really productive year working together with them to help our customers better understand their brand perception and social performance. So it's been a, a really good partnership. And yeah, I'm delighted to be here with you today uh, using all of the all of the technology that we have to help you understand social media performance for convenience stores. Great. Well, we're delighted to have you here with us. And we're about to reveal the winners of this year's social media awards. Uh, so Seth, tell us about the methodology that went into tallying this year's winners. So we looked at about 70 convenience store chains, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok accounts to determine who was standing out when it came to engagement. And we examined each channel individually and then also weighted scores across the channels, uh, both using engagement and engagement rates to help us determine our final rankings on each channel and for an overall winner. And you'll notice I, I talked about adding TikTok to the analysis this year. And, and I'm happy to say that about 50% of the brands we studied were on TikTok in, in some way this year. So not everybody quite there yet with respect to being on TikTok, but we've just seen across almost every industry that TikTok is important enough to be included in all of our analysis at this point. So we uh, we made the decision to throw it in there as well. And you're talking about TikTok. I think when we talked last year, there were only about a handful of convenience store chains that were even on TikTok. So I think even that 50%, you know, being on there, that is a really big increase from when we talked last year. Yeah, it's a it's a big jump up. And at the top of last year, as we started to dig into our industry reports, my team had this conversation, like, what's the right threshold? How do we determine if there are enough? And as we moved through the year, whether it was beauty brands or cosmetic brands, higher education, uh, outdoor, CPG, health foods, you name it, TikTok was a player, a large player. And we made the decision right at the beginning of 2022 to just make it a part of everything that we do. Great. So for best overall performance across social media brands, you looked at Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And our winner in the best overall performance category was Quick Trip. Our runner-up is Stewart Shops. So starting with Quick Trip, you know, this is the third consecutive year 
that they've won in the best overall performance category. So Seth, talk to us, what did Quick Trip do right in 2022? And and did they do anything differently this year? Or are they sticking with that kind of tried and true strategy that we've seen them using the last few years here? So yeah, three three years in a row. Mm -hmm. So you know, congrats congrats to Quick Trip. Um, you know, I was speaking with a, a, a beverage maker the other day. I won't, I won't name them, but uh, somebody we work with, and I was mentioning uh, Quick Trip, and they said, "Oh, we love Quick Trip." So you know, clearly their products are, are there as well. And so uh, you know, it's it's Quick Trip is is infusing all parts of my life these days. Um, but you know, overall, I'd say that Quick Trip has been really consistent in their general approach. Um, they they continue to show that they understand their audience. They know that success for them really means providing entertainment to to their audience and to their fans. So when you look at the kind of content that they've continued to produce over the last year, memes, self-deprecating Midwest jokes, uh, picking little battles with other C-store brands and other brands in general. Um, and the the thing that I think we talked a bit about last year, and, and it'll come up a lot today, I think, as we as we chat through these results as well, is that they're the team behind the handles there, particularly their their social media sort of supervisor and superstar, Paige Ford. She's spends a lot of time in front of the camera. And I think a lot of that's been driven by the success of TikTok. But uh, she, she and the rest of the team are doing an amazing job of being the stars of their own, you know, quick trip themed entertainment show uh, across various social media platforms. And and they're very good and it and it works. And so... They've definitely been consistent in that, but also they're doing more. And that's that's the the thing I would add on here. They're publishing, they publish more TikToks this year. Um, and then they're using that content to publish way more reels than they published last year. So particularly on Instagram. And from an engagement perspective, reels were their top four Instagram posts of the year. And in three of those four, Paige, they're again their social media uh supervisor. She's in front of the camera making jokes about the weather or the Midwest or both uh, at the same time. So those things all really line up and you see it across all channels driving the success of Quick Trip on, on social media. And you mentioned the the jokes about the weather and the Midwest. And I know when we talked about them in the past, you know, that was a big thing of knowing their audience and having that that voice that really resonates with their audience and those Midwest jokes that they really know who they're catering to. And that really resonates with their with their fan base. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as as uh, I have I have a few more examples squirreled, squirreled away in my pocket here that I'm sure we'll get into in a bit. But, yeah, just a tremendous just a tremendous performance from this team. And they get it. They get social media. They understand the platforms, and and they do understand what gets the laughs, what gets the engagement, what gets the comments, and they and they push on that. And I think, you know, it seems like oh, the, of course, you just know your audience and you and you do it. But so many brands don't, and they do it, and they do it really, really well. So you know, for everyone out there who wants examples of how to do social media well across multiple channels. I always I talk about Quick Trip a lot uh, because we've done this work together, you know, for many years now, uh, and they just stand out year over year as a brand who gets who gets it. So Stewart Shops was our our second winner in the overall category. What what did they do well this year? So Stewart Shops really rose 
to almost, you know, almost the, one of the top spots here because they they turned in a really strong performance on all of their on all of their channels. So with the exception of Twitter, they were actually top six on, you know, on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. And their Twitter was great too. They were, I think they came in 15th or 16th overall. So being consistent across all your channels really, for me, uh, indicates that you're not just this kind of flash in the, flash in the pan on one, you know, success on one channel, but that your team, again, truly understands what it is you're trying to achieve and then executing well across all these channels. So on Instagram, I, I, I you know, I go through and like, look at what kind of content is driving success for these brands. And on Instagram, posts about ice cream. You know, what I'll tell you is you, you, people love the ice cream <laughs> and, Stewart's, and Stewart's knows that. So I think four, four or five of the top top posts this year were, were something to do with ice cream. And on Facebook, they had a giveaway strategy that really drove a lot of engagement at the top end for them as well. But five five of their top 10 posts also featured ice cream, ice cream in some way, shape or form. Um, and then TikTok, which is a is a relatively new addition for Stewart's. They've only been on since July or so, but they 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 use the popular trends, the sounds, they're making them their own. They are the, the team that's doing the creation on TikTok clearly gets it, but also they feature ice cream on, <laughs> on their TikTok content as as well. So Stewart Shops knows what the knows what the people like, and uh clearly the team uh understands how to carry that through on the various social platforms. Wonderful. And obviously they have their their very own ice cream. You know, maybe ice cream wouldn't be something that would resonate for all convenience stores to to be doing, but it really especially works for Stewart's. They know their fan base and they know what their what their shoppers want. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, you're never gonna find me saying, Well, I guess you gotta start your own ice cream brand, right? Like you have to find your unique strength and uh and play to it. And if and if that is something that gives your your brand and advantage uh, in in your local market, then you know, and you know that that's something that people love. Lean on it. You've you've got to lean on 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 your uniqueness. So let's look at the individual platforms. Uh, we had Instagram as as one of the platforms that we looked at. So our Instagram winner was Bucky's, and our runner up was Seven Eleven. So. Now, last year, Bucky's was the runner-up in this category. They've moved up into first place. What kind of gave them the edge this year on Instagram? So, so Bucky's is a is a funny one because um, they don't they don't post a ton on Instagram, to be honest. But the numbers the numbers about Bucky's really don't lie. So they grew their Instagram following uh, a tremendous amount this year, uh, up more than eighty percent. So they ended the you know ended this this report. Uh, at around 185,000 followers on Instagram. And so on a percentage basis, that's more than any other brand grew uh, their followers on Instagram during this past past year. Now, as I mentioned, they don't, they don't post a ton, but many of their top posts, so the posts that got the most engagement, the most comments, all the love, um, were announcements of new new locations. So I think, you know, Bucky's is a, a Texas Texas uh, founded and and sort of Texas focused uh, chain, but they've been expanding into a variety of different states. And every time they had their first, so this year their their first store in Kentucky, their first store in Tennessee, their first store in South Carolina, they had an Instagram post, and that post earned a ton of comments and a ton of engagement. Now, if you go through and read the comments, a lot of folks are excited. But there were definitely some folks who were mad too. Uh, the folks who wanted to keep it a Texas only. Hey, hey, this is a Texas thing. Let's keep this in Texas. 
but Bucky's clearly has a has a strategy an expansion strategy for the business that takes them beyond Texas. So, um, you know, despite the fact that they weren't posting every day or, you know, they, they, they weren't even posting sometimes every week, but despite that, their big engagement and just high engagement rates, you know, engagement on a per fan basis, like how big is their account? They absolutely uh, were, were crushing it. So on the posts that they published, they earned more engagement per post than pretty much every other brand uh, in this study, ex- with the exception of, of 7-Eleven, who I think we'll talk about here in a, in a moment. But um, the final thing I will say is if you stack up these, these top three brands on Instagram this year, it was incredibly close, incredibly close. So, um, you know, Bucky's did well, but 7-Eleven and Quick Trip were, I mean, these folks were almost tied right there at the top. So it was, it was neck and neck for sure. So let's talk about our runner-up, 7-Eleven. What did 7-Eleven do to stand out on Instagram this year? So 7-Eleven this year uh, is actually is actually fascinating. So they also saw big growth on their Instagram. Now they have a much larger account than 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 Bucky's. They grew though more than fifty percent, and it brought them to almost nine hundred thousand followers by the end of October. So these huge audience growth numbers are not the norm for brands. Uh, we're talking about single digit percent follower growth for most for most brands. And that goes even beyond talking about C stores. This is, you know, for established brands seeing huge Instagram growth without putting upon a bunch of paid dollars behind it is not a thing that we're really seeing. And so to to be talking about 7-Eleven growing their account more than 50% in a year is, is actually pretty, pretty tremendous. Now the thing that was so key for 7-Eleven's performance this year was their cars of 7-Eleven campaign. So this they've been doing it for a while, even last year, but it really took off for them around October of last year. So right before the kind of data period that we were studying for for this year, their cars of Seven Eleven campaign. This is where they feature posts, uh, usually user generated content of people's cars parked in front of Seven Eleven. Right, so somebody's parked to the Seven Eleven. Usually they back it in glamour shot of their vehicle, and uh, they're they're kind of turning these into Seven Eleven. And then 7-Eleven is doing these carousel posts where they are featuring the, the cars of 7-Eleven and they're tagging all the owners or the, you know, the folks who contributed the content. And it's a carousel post and sometimes there's cute emojis to match, whatever. But this campaign, this is the key for them. So they were doing like one a month last year, maybe. And they had a post that just blew up uh, in November uh, of, of, of last year. And they went with it. Seven team at Seven Eleven went with it, and so now they're doing about six posts a month in this in this campaign. And they did more than seventy. I think they did seventy five in the whole in the whole year. And these posts collectively earned something like uh, let's see three point seven million likes and comments from just those seventy five posts. Their other one hundred and thirty some odd posts together only did about two million. So their cars of 7-Eleven posts are getting about 50,000 likes and comments and the rest of their content's doing about 15,000. Not still not shabby, but this team saw that at some point they found the community, they found the niche. The comments are hilarious. There's people who are like, you should just start a cars account. Like just start a cars account, 7-Eleven. But uh, it's clear that engaging the base, tagging people, getting people excited to get their vehicles featured on the cars of 7-Eleven, you know, uh, posts is, is clearly a driver and there are a ton of great 
there's a ton of great pictures, a ton of great cars. Um, and 7-Eleven really kind of quadrupled down on that from, from last year. And I think it was a huge driver of their, of their success on Instagram this year. Awesome. It sounds like such a cool campaign. And it's so interesting that finding a campaign like that can do so much for a brand on social media and really drive engagement for the whole year. Yeah, I would have like, why, why that? I don't know. It was a thing that people were doing. And I think at some point it really went off. And, you know, when you see that things work and you decide to commit to them, then you get the results. Mm hmm. Great. Well, let's move on to Facebook. Uh, Facebook, we've been doing since the since the beginning of time here, even before we were we were partnered. Uh, kind of the original channel that we looked at for these social media awards. Um, this year, our winner is Pilot, and our runner up is Quick Trip. Uh, so again, that's Quick Trip with a K and a T. I don't think we specified that earlier, but all of these Quick Trips that we're talking about are with a K and with a T. How did these two chains differentiate themselves on Facebook in 2022? So Pilot took uh, took the approach where they they know that reach is hard to get, and and so they leveraged boosted posts as a way to gain more reach, but to gain more reach on content that they knew would engage their audience, right? So. So these days, not every brand, not every page is going to get a lot of organic reach on Facebook. In fact, most brands, unless you've been kind of killing it on social media for a long time, are not going to get a lot of, of organic reach. But it doesn't mean that your fans aren't there. And it doesn't mean that they won't like your content if they get a chance to see it. You just might need to pay a little bit to get it to them. Look, Facebook's a business. They need to monetize advertising the way they do that. So um you know, you've, if you accept that and realize that you could be creating content that will really resonate, maybe spending a few dollars is the right way to get there. And Pilot really, really clearly gets that. So a lot of their content that just absolutely earned a ton of engagement, things around posts around veterans and military appreciation. So I think the founder of Pilot is himself a veteran. Uh, and, and so Clearly, there's like a company culture around sort of celebrating the contributions that that our veterans make to uh, to our communities. They're also really celebrating the folks who are coming into their stores. So these are professional drivers, right? Folks who who drive uh, trucks, rigs uh, around, um, folks who drive ambulances, first responders. A lot of content celebrating the work of these folks in the communities. Uh, really, really bubbled to the top. And these are posts though they might be boosted with thousands of shares, tons of comments, tons of engagement. You, you don't see people sharing content if they don't believe in it. I don't care if it's boosted or not, right? And so this is one of the ways that you know, hey, this content really, really resonated. Um, a, a few other big winners uh, for them this year were announcements, uh, like they partnered with GM on a network of fast chargers. So, you know, though they're traditionally a petroleum company, EVs are clearly going to be the way of the future. And I think the smartest brands are figuring that out now. So um, a lot of these kinds of posts and, and, you know, sprinkle in a few more like social media holidays, national road trip day, national coffee day with maybe a little promotion on the side. So the team at Pilot uh, did really well with all of these things. I think they probably boosted about a quarter of their posts. You know, I'm saying this from the outside looking in, right? Like I don't work with Pilot, but given what we see in our systems, uh, you know, they're they're not boosting everything. They're boosting the things that they they knew would really go. So, you know, kudos to Pilot for for a nice strategy there. Now, you asked about Quick Trip as well. 
uh, who, uh, you know, we'll just talk, uh, just have a, a love for what Quick Trip is doing. Uh, so I'm glad you keep asking. Um, they sort of have an opposite strategy with respect to reach. So they're not really leveraging boosted posts as far as I can tell. And, and part of the reason they're able to do that and be successful is because they have been killing it on Facebook for a very, for a very long time. The content styles of what they're doing on Facebook are very, they're very similar to what they're doing on other channels. So, you know, they're picking on other Midwest brands, they're picking on Casey's, they're picking on Come and Go. Um, they're definitely screenshotting posts or, or users' posts or their posts from other channels and sharing them on Facebook. One key thing that they're doing is they're leveraging Reels, TikToks that perform well as, you know, like you've created the content, you've done all the work to, 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 to make the funny video or whatever. Um, and then using that on Facebook as well. The thing that I think is notable uh, about Quick Trip on Facebook, well, two things, but the first is they see a ton of engagement in their comments. Now, comments are a strong signal to Facebook, right? When people are in the comments, do you, it's a lot harder than hitting the like button. You know, you got to put your name out there. You got to say something. And Quick Trip earned 137,000 comments on Facebook in this past year. That's like, two times more than the next closest brands from a comment perspective. I think Wawa and Sheets also had 60, 70 some odd thousand comments, but they double 137,000 comments. People love their quick trip and they're in the comments and that earns them more reach, but also what an incredible source of uh, intelligence about what's happening with your user base. Now, the other notable thing, and I think we may have talked about this in the past, but there is a Facebook group the Wisconsin Quick Trip Enthusiast Club. It's a public Facebook group. Anybody can go can go look it up. And it is so active. And this is not, and it says, this is not sponsored by Quick Trip. This is not administered by Quick Trip. This is just people who love their Quick Trip. And I went on there the other, the other day and there were like 10 posts or something just from the last day, day and a half, uh, people talking about some facet, some facet of Quick Trip. So, you know, they have an engaged community on Facebook maybe a different demo than what you might think about from a TikTok, you know, maybe skews slightly older, um, but, but maybe not. It's hard to say exactly, but just a tremendously engaged audience that they, uh, that they have out there. And it, you know, you see it in the group and I also see it in the comments as well. So good, good for them for continuing as a brand and from a social media angle, you know, curating or not curating, excuse me, just like enha enhancing and sort of celebrating those, uh, those customers in the comments. Great. Well, congratulations again, Pilot and Quick Trip. That's on Facebook. And then let's move on to Twitter. Uh, a lot going on at Twitter this year, um, which I know we'll get to uh, later in the podcast. But our, our big winner on Twitter is Come and Go. And our runner up is Weigel's. And this is the third year in a row that Come and Go has won in the Twitter category. Uh, so let's talk about what Come and Go is doing right on Twitter, and if they're changing up their strategy at all, or, or kind of sticking with what has worked for them in the past. Yeah, so I think Come and Go is kind of fascinating to talk about this year, and they have been uh, very strong on Twitter in the last few in the last few years. And part, actually, a huge part of that success, or maybe all of that past success, you could credit uh, the fellow who was doing the work, Ariel Rubin, at, at Come and Go. And, and he had really helped them grow their followers quite a bit and helped really develop a brand voice on Twitter that was very, uh, like leaning hard into the innuendo, leaning hard into the name, leaning hard into the clapbacks. This is like the Wendy's of C stores on Twitter. You know, they were very, very salty, uh, and, and funny and, you know, 
very much on brand, come and go great brand uh, with respect to what they what they do in their communities, what their owners and founders stand for with respect to gay rights, trans rights, et cetera. And like leaning into all of that was something that Ariel had done during his time there. But he left uh, in the middle of last year, June or July, August, I can't exactly remember. I think it was July. And when I look at the metrics of what happened with Come and Go after he left, um, the approach clearly, clearly changed. He was he must have been spending a ton of his time um, in the replies and other people's replies and retweeting other folks uh, as well. And to the point that we were seeing a ton of of posts, retweets, and replies from the Come and Go account, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40 plus a month. Um, actually, yeah, 20, 30, 40 plus a month retweets and hundreds of replies a month you know, two, 300 replies a month. And then in August after he left last year, so right before this study period, the the replies dropped, you know, virtually to zero. So they, the, the whoever took over the account um, really did a good job of keeping the main brand voice strong on Twitter. But with respect to the strategy around replying and retweeting, really backed, really backed off. And, um, and so, you know, with respect to our study, most of what we're studying here is just the core uh, impact of their their kind of main. They're not not their replies and not their retweets, and so the brand voice stayed strong. The kind of content uh, that they're producing, uh, very much in line, and I think that 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 really helped them. So these are things like they're again they're lots of self deprecating jokes, lots of uh, popular tweets about gay rights and other things that the, I think the brand and the owners are very very passionate about. Of course, they love to beef with other brands. Um, and then some other posts that they did this year that, again, kind of stayed on that brand voice uh, that has helped them be so successful for the last few years is they have this, this persona, Mr. Come, and it's like the boss. And so doing screenshots of these fake conversations and texts with the boss asking uh, you know permission to, to, to do certain things or whatever. It's all, you know, all very funny, um, very, very on brand for them. And so it, for them sticking to that from a core, like what are the tweets that we're putting out the door? Uh, doing uh, very much executing. Now, they also slowed down the production of their tweet content uh, right after uh, Ariel left as well. But they have been ramping that back up, and now, kind of at you know, in the last quarter or so, they've really been back to a place where they're doing about about the same amount of, of content. And so, this is one of those places where, from a team perspective, you realize how important the people behind the brands are on social media. And when you have a team, you know, I was talking about uh, like Paige Ford at uh, Quick Trip or an Ariel Rubin at Come and Go. They just, they do really good work. And uh, when you have a team change, it's not that the, the people can't come in and, and try to follow their previous leadership, but uh, it's, it's it's hard. We've all, we all work with teammates. You lose a teammate uh, and that person and that person's personality, particularly on social media can come through. And, uh, and so you've got to figure out how to stay stable despite some of those things. And so I think Come and Go figured out at least uh, for their core essence on Twitter, how to sort of stay true to the brand and, and keep things going. Great. And congrats to, to Come and Go. And I'll just note for people listening, you're probably listening to this at the beginning of January. We're recording this on December 29th. So when we're talking about last year, we're talking about 2021, not 2022. That's right. That's right. <laughs> just to, to ground us in time here. Um, so to, to continue to talk about Twitter, we had Weigels. Weigels was our runner up on Twitter. Uh, what did Weigels do well this year? Which Congratulations to Weigels. So this team uh, had a Twitter account with 
uh, a dramatically different magnitude than a come and go. So they started their year back in, back again, starting 2022 roughly uh, with only about 500 Twitter followers. So this was a very small account. And clearly the team said, you know what, we're going to do, we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to do Twitter. And so they, they started just stepping up and actually tweeting. So by the end of the year, they're averaging more than 10 tweets a week, uh, which was very much not where they were last year, kind of in 2021. And they also started replying to a lot of other accounts uh, during 2022, which is again, not something that they were doing. Now, we've talked a lot today around finding your niche, finding what your audience, finding what your local community is excited about. Weigel's, this is a store in uh, in East Tennessee. And if you go and ask, well, what what content really helped them take off? Because by the way, they went from 500 Twitter followers at the beginning of the year to now more than 5,000, right? So they went 10X. And I realized 5,000 is still really small with respect to you know a come and go uh, or a quick trip or, or you know these other accounts that have hundreds of thousands of followers. But it is hard to grow a Twitter following from virtually nothing. And these folks were at 500 to 5,000. I think that's a tremendous accomplishment and I'm sure they will continue to go. The content driving that all about the Tennessee Vols, the volunteers, right? So you've got a store homed in East Tennessee. You've got a university uh, out there that that uh, folks are very excited about. And of course, what are you excited about? Sports and talking trash about sports. And if you mix up the Vols, sports, and talking a little trash, that really clearly gets their, uh, gets their community going. Now, of course, there's going to be some trash talking about other chains, mostly Casey's. Sorry, Casey's. Um, but you know they definitely unlocked what their community was all about. There are some hilarious quote tweets um, around Weigel's. Some the one that resonated the most with me in looking through quite a bunch was somebody wrote, "Whoever's in charge of the Weigel's Twitter account needs to get a raise. They've been killing it lately." Right. So that kind of sums up everything that I've just been been saying with respect to some of what we what we saw here on uh, on on Weigel's. You know they earned more than sixty four thousand uh, like likes and retweets and replies and sure quick trip and come and go earned more than two or 300,000, but 64,000 puts them at number five or six from all 70 brands on Twitter. Like most of these brands on Twitter aren't earning a ton of engagement and Weigel's their, their engagement growth was 6,000% or something, you know, some humongous number from the previous year. So kudos. I know the team sat and I, I don't know the team, but I'm saying like that team sat in a strategy meeting at some point and said, we're going to commit to doing Twitter this year. And then they did it. And here's the numbers. They did it. So congrats to the team there. And it paid off. Congratulations, Weigels. Yeah. And then of course we have to talk about TikTok. Um, our winner on TikTok, not a huge surprise here is Quick Trip. And our runner up is Come and Go. Uh, so Seth, can you talk more about what these two chains did that really helped them stand out on TikTok? Yeah. So both of these brands uh, have relatively large followings in, in this group. They're both in that uh, about 150, 160, 170,000 followers. And they both grew their audience. Quick Trip actually grew their audience 70,000, or excuse me, 70,000, 70% last year, uh, which is a, a pretty huge number. It probably actually does equate to almost 70,000, but quite a lot of growth for Quick Trip uh, on TikTok this year. Now, both of these brands publish frequently as well. So Quick Trip did about 194 posts, uh, to, you know, videos on TikTok in this past year. And that was about a 35% increase or so for, for them. And uh, actually 
Come and Go posted about 35% more as well. So they put up about 150 videos. So if you're just wondering, like, what is the magnitude of what these accounts are doing? It's, you know, it's a video every other day-ish or so at this, at this point. Now for Quick Trip, more fans and more posting, it translated to a lot more engagement, about 70% more engagement. They, they did about 1.4 million likes and comments and shares in this past year. But for Come and Go, they ended up with about 43% less engagement uh, in, this, in this past year on TikTok. So they're, they're down a little bit. And uh, that really started for them in April. And I, I'll talk more about them in a moment when, and kind of what I think happened there with respect to uh, this shift on the Come and Go side. So let's go back to Quick Trip though. Um, something I said right up top, just an incredible consistency of video output. They've been putting out, I don't know, call it 15 or 20 videos a month. Uh, every single month for the whole year. So, you know, they have a strategy, they're sticking to it. Their videos earn more than 16 million views and their median video, it's about 30,000 views. So that is just, that's just a ton. That's a ton of views. And of course they have a bunch of viral winners as well. So for Quick Trip this last year, they did the Charlie Barron's secret menu. Charlie Barron's the like Midwest co comic and journalist, but comic funny guy, uh, they have a, they had a Charlie Barron secret menu that post was like 1.5 million views. Um, the team put together this Midwest weather, uh, you know, with the talking mouth inside the weather bubble, uh, did 1.2 million views, and that video played very well on on other channels as well. So they definitely leveraged that winner across the thing. Uh, Midwest state jokes they had they, they used their whiteboard to make a lot of funny uh, funny comment. More than a million views. The dancing Shrek. Uh, sort of trend there with uh, dancing Shrek behind uh, behind the Quick Trip, one point one million views. So they had a bunch of like more than a million view winners with with a you know a strong median at thirty thousand, still a lot. But these are their viral these are their viral winners. Um, and then if you take take the viral winners off the table, they do a lot of content featuring their hotspots, right? They're like you know warm food uh, area uh, of the store, and those the hotspot videos kill. Like they're definitely at the top, both in the comment, people are loving to talk about in the comments, like every single one of their videos are entertaining and, and Paige and her colleagues, they, they steal the show. Like they are like, go, if you go watch quick trip, this, these people are funny. Like the deadpan humor, uh, is like, uh, it's like it was April off parks and rec, you know, they're just like the straight deadpan, like that's this, this. Paige and the team have got that nailed and they do such a great job, but contextualizing it in terms of their store, using their stores as backgrounds, using their offices as backgrounds, like using their colleagues as backgrounds. And there are just, they're just doing a good job. The comments are like, you should put these people on TV. They are funny. You know, um, there was an Instagram comment that was like talking about one of the pieces of content, but on Instagram, you know what, like these these people, this is just gratuitous. Like the amount of entertainment that these folks are giving us on social media is tremendous. So um, I think the team there probably knows that, but, you know, watching it unfold over an entire year and just see that they're very creative people who've been given license to do a lot of funny, funny stuff. Uh, and it, and it's really working. So kudos to them. Now come and go was, was another top brand on TikTok, And, you know, a year ago, right when we sat down to talk about this, they were right in the midst of a little kerfuffle about uh, about an influencer thing they'd done with Kyle Sheely, where he had sort of pretended like he was going and putting a cardboard cut out of himself in their stores to promote, you know, himself, the Kyle Sheely Mealy, and and people loved it. 
but the problem was that it wasn't real. It was all staged and it, and people loved it until they found out that it wasn't an influencer doing something funny. It was really just a totally staged thing. And so then lots of, lots of folks were sort of frustrated and upset about that. Now you'd think, okay, that's a bad start to the year, but uh, the, the team at come and go actually kind of turned it around. They did a really strong campaign doing interviews with people while they filled their tank. So it's like a, you know, woman on the street kind of situation where they would send out one of their, one of their folks. And she would go and ask people like, do you, do you want some free gas? And, and, and like, Hey, if you answer this question for me, and the questions were like, how's your day going? Or what do you really love about yourself? So, you know, heartfelt stuff. Um, and those posts, those were all their top TikToks for the year. They really, um, they really are what was driving a lot of the huge view and engagement numbers for, for come and go. And they ran a lot of these through about April. And then in April, and that was what was giving them their big pops. So they, they're doing somewhere between six and 10,000 views on a video, but then uh, they would get these massive hundred thousand, you know, many hundreds of thousands of views on these, on these, some of these interview videos where the, you know, they picked the right person or there was a kid who was particularly cute or funny or whatever. Um, and since April, they really haven't been doing them much uh, or maybe even at all. And they haven't been getting those pops. And so, you know, if we look at across time, things sort of settle down for them a bit in April. Um, and uh, I don't quite know what happened, but if I ever got to talk to the team at Come and Go and say, hey, what happened to that That's campaign? It seemed to really kill. So uh, maybe bring it back. So for other brands listening right now who maybe are not on TikTok, looking at 2023, how important it is, is it for C-stores to consider getting onto TikTok? I think at this point, it's important for, for C-store brands. I mean, you're a consumer brand. Uh, so many C-store chains have this local flavor or who do have this unique thing about what they're doing. You know, Come and Go has got a strong brand, but they also, people clearly love love the stores. Like a lot of people in the comments talking about how they drive out of their way from one store to go to a Come and Go quick trip. We've also spoken a ton about, but like we talked about Weigel's and people have this affinity to the Vols. And so, okay, great. They're going to play hard to that in social media. People clearly also love the stores or your ice cream for stewards or whatever, like find your thing. But people are on TikTok for entertainment. And a lot of people, people who buy gas, people who buy gas, people who need a place to stop in, uh, uh, particularly younger folks, like these are the brand loyalties that we make young in life. And, you know, we all tend to stay stick in these places. And if you can provide entertaining content, that aligns with uh, someone's lived experience on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, TikTok is a great place to do that. Short form video also isn't going anywhere. I mean, TikTok has just made, it has the attention of the world and it's just made that clear that this is a thing that can provide entertainment. I mean, Instagram trying to, with Reels, trying to make their own thing. It's not TikTok, but it's the same content. People are clearly repurposing content across both. Now we can get Reels on, on Facebook as well. In fact, when you publish on Instagram, you could, kind of this choice in the UI to, to just select and would you like to post to both channels? Um, and so if you're going to invest the time to be successful with short form video at this point, you should be thinking about how to do it well on TikTok because everyone else is just copying that, that model. And so if you can invest, then you can probably find success with that content on Instagram and Facebook reels as well. So what would you say your top three tips would be for succeeding on TikTok in 2023? I know when we talked last year, one of the things that came up was, you know, 
having a, a spokesperson for the brand who was going to be in all these videos so people could get comfortable with one particular face and personality. Is that still one of these top things that people need to be considering or are there different things for 2023? You know, that that is definitely one. Um, I, I wasn't even, I have three more, but I'll, we'll talk about that one for a second too, which is TikTok is a platform for creators. It is not a place typically for highly polished or produced content. If you see something highly polished or produced, it's probably an ad and it may or may not perform very well. So folks are scrolling, right? You're, you're thumbing through content. And if you don't see something that catches your eye, causes you to say, oh, that's content from QuickTrip or oh, that's content from someone else. If it doesn't look like what you're expecting or it looks like an ad, folks are going to be really quick to flip, flip by. And so finding someone or some team or small team of folks who are going to consistently be driving the look, the feel, and actually the physical presence of like, who is the person in front of the camera, then you're not going to find success. And so you got to really, really think about that. But when that person gets there or that set of people get there, um, my, my number one tip for this year is you, you need to be entertaining. I, I don't care what it what it is that you're doing, but you need to be entertaining. Part of that entertainment might be playing on popular sounds or or trends. That is certainly a thing. You know, dancing, sexy Shrek or whatever behind the buildings was, you know, you see this stuff pop up in C-Store Brands content where the TikTok creators know, oh, this is the thing that's happening. Can we do our own? What would we do if we were to put Shrek in our, like, great. That's, the, but it's entertaining. It's always going to be entertaining. We talk about content needing to be educational or informative or, uh, you know, providing some emotional connection or just entertaining people. And I would say, by and large, the the content that I've found being particularly successful uh, on on TikTok from all these brands is is entertaining, maybe a little inspiring. Some of those come and go interview videos are quite are quite cute. Hearing people talk about themselves and you know just giving you a shot of positivity to your day, but but overall entertainment is a thing. Now, my second tip kind of goes back to the first thing we're talking about. You can't be successful if you if you can't find a creator that understands TikTok, who uses TikTok, who gets every corner of what it means to be a successful creator, and is okay of being in front of the camera. And so, uh, if you can't find that person that knows what sounds are hot and what the trends are right now. And have content that feels native to TikTok. Look, if your content doesn't feel native to TikTok, it's probably not going to be a winner either. And so when I talk to any brand who's considering like making this investment, be sure you understand this is an investment. You have to put up content consistently. Your content has consistent flavor. It has to be entertaining. And the person doing the work uh, needs to understand it. I think about our higher education institutions that we work with and the folks that I get to speak to there and every single one of them that's successful. I said, what's your secret to success on TikTok? And they say, I give the, I give the account to a student. I give the account to it. Now we have, of course, the, you know, the oversight and we make sure they don't do something that's going to damage the brand, but these kids get it because this is their platform. And I think that's a great, that's a great answer uh, to, to think about who is the persona of a person that should be running a TikTok account for a brand at this point. I don't care how old your brand is or how stylish or, or stodgy your brand is. If you want to find some success on TikTok, you've got to get that creator. And then of course, the third thing is to, to make that person successful. You've got to have buy-in for the leadership. You've got to build trust quickly so that you can get these folks into a place where they can execute in a timely fashion. Trends come and go. And if you want them to be able to capitalize on a bunch of these trends, you can't wait a week to talk to your boss, to pitch this idea, to then do the work and then get it approved. It's not too late, too late. You've got to give these folks the reins 
and let them, uh, you know, give them the trust and then let them and let them continue to to earn it, but let them execute. And I think you'll find a lot of a lot of success. Great. So as we look ahead, what would you say are the biggest social media trends that you are watching for 2023? So, uh, you know, piggybacking on what I just was talking about, I think continued investment in short form video, uh, TikTok and Reels as well is going to be is going to be huge. TikTok just continues its tremendous growth. Last 2021 had 656 million downloads of the app or something something wild like that. And they're seemingly on track to beat that this year. They had more than 500 some odd million just in the first three quarters. So users are growing on TikTok, but I think so are creators. And in 2023, I would really expect to see more brands partnering with creators. Like ads are ads and there's nothing wrong with ads. But there's also nothing wrong with building partnerships with creators whose audience might have an affinity to your brand. And I have seen some bad sponsored content this year, but I've also seen some really tremendous uh, sponsored content this year, partnered content on, on TikTok. And that paradigm can work on any channel. So given that so many, the TikTok, I think it's just created so many opportunities for create people to become creators. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And then finally, look, like it or not, paid social is going to continue to be important. So particularly on these older channels, Facebook, and even now Instagram to some degree, um, again, your audience might be there, but you just might not be reaching them. And I think a strategy to spend some dollars getting good content, not just any content, not all content, but good content or content you believe will be good uh, through to those folks can really have uh, an outsized effect on what you're doing. Just look at the conversation we had about pilot uh, a moment ago. I think there's no there's no shame <laughs> in saying I need to spend some dollars to get the right message in front of the right people. And I think uh, that would be a, a big part of my strategy if I were in charge of one of these brands as well. Great. And looking at all the different platforms that the companies can invest in this year, invest their time, attention, entertainment. And, um, you know, I, I've heard there's been so much upheaval at Twitter this year. I've heard, oh, Twitter's dead. And then, oh, no, it's it's where you need to be. Are there certain platforms that that convenience stores should be more focused on than others? Is it still the top four that we're talking about? Are there other ones? Should they forget about Twitter? What What would your advice be there? I think we could spend a whole episode just talking about Twitter and all its surrounding topics, but I might not have a job when we're done. So I think maybe, uh, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of, uh, I think a lot of controversy and a lot of people leaving the platform, a lot of concern about brand, brand safety and brand security because of concerns over sort of extreme content uh, returning to the platform, uh, certain accounts that may have been banned forever now not being banned forever, et cetera. But you know, you got to keep your eye on those sorts of uh, sorts of things. But Twitter is still, it is still an interesting platform, I believe, because of this public conversational nature of the platform. I mean, there's a real opportunity to engage with your fans on whatever topics that matter. Um, and this is a place where, you know, having some really basic social listening capabilities to figure out where are conversations that you could be in or that you can use from a content creation perspective, from a UGC perspective. Uh, this is a, something that, you know, that uh, quick trips and come and goes and all these folks are doing on Twitter, right? They're 
they're finding people who are saying really positive things about them and turning that into content. They're finding people who are finding funny things about them and turning that into content. And so I think with a little tech and a little bit of creativity, um, you can still create a lot of positive momentum for your brand here. You got to be not afraid to get into people's replies or be in your own replies uh, and going back and forth with folks. I, I, that always performs well. And then, if you know, given this group, I think there's always this opportunity to like publicly beef with other brands. Um, this has become a thing, right? Like brands and comments on TikTok now, uh, brand other brands and you know other brands uh, replies on on Twitter. Uh, this is just social media managers having a good time, like uh, you know. But it works, uh, it works, and so I think you, you can't be scared to do it uh, if it's right for your brand. Well, Seth, thank you so much for being here with us today and talking us through the the social media award results and the trends you see ahead for 2023. Yeah, totally happy to be here. It's always a fun study to do with you all and uh, forward to doing it again in the future. Mm-hmm.